I mean, as problematic as he's become, he still is a great artist. He still has a great body of work. But every great artist goes through a period where it's just like, this is awkward, this is awful, and I don't know that he'll ever, I don't know that he'll ever be uh, the center of the zeitgeist again. Make wearing the rap belt. You're listening to It's All Dead, a podcast about the music we love and why we love it. I'm Kyle Hawk. All right. It is uh, Tuesday, June 5th, 2018 at about 9.25 p.m. And uh, as of my count, I believe it's been six days since Pusha T uh, took Drake to task. As soon as you said that lightning struck. Wow, that was incredible. <laughs> There's thunder in the house. Drake is coming. <laughs> uh, Brock Benefield, hello. Welcome to the It's All Dead podcast. What's up, Kyle? I'm bringing the hot takes, bringing the thunder. Welcome. It's Tuesday night. Man, that was incredible. I don't think we could have timed that any no. better. Um, you're here to talk about hip-hop. Uh, I run a website called It's All Dead where we talk about music and normally you would be on this podcast to um, kind of join me. And I, th- I think people know you best as a guest on the show as my partner in Kanye crime. Um, unfortunately, I've had a bit of a falling out with Kanye. I think you have as well. We'll get into some of that. We're going to talk about yay. We're going to talk about the fifth anniversary of Jesus. Maybe not quite in the way that you expect. So stick around uh, to hear some of those takes. But we're also going to check in on a few other things like just touch a finger to the pulse of hip-hop right now see <laughs> see how things are going um before we get too far into things um for the first time ever in the history of it's all dead the has brought the booze what, what are we drinking kyle i got a uh traditional weiss beer a german beer from hacker shore which is a uh, brewery in munich and uh not to sound uh incredibly white but i, I have to just lean into it kyle this is I went to this brewery. I went to this uh, brewery tents at Oktoberfest this year in Germany. This past year, so yeah, that's right. Um, and that's yeah, how you found out beer. about this. Yeah, so I've, I never actually had this beer because uh, little known fact, Kyle, when you get the beer tents in Munich at Oktoberfest, they actually brew a unique beer just for those tents. But this is uh, same brewery, and it's a pretty good, pretty drinkable Tuesday night beer. I'm enjoying it. Uh, thank you for bringing it. I, uh, you were much more cultured than me. I was going to offer you a shock top and here we are drinking this with a guy on the front that, uh, looks like, you know, he could be in a, <laughs> a museum of right. white men with bad haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> He's got some chops, you know? Yeah. Well, it tastes, thank you for, thank you for bringing it. And, uh, thank you for what, a, what you're about to bring, which are some, some hot takes on Kanye you know, two years ago, we did a uh, podcast after the release of The Life of Pablo. And that day, I want to say we did something like maybe right after the release of the album. Yeah. Maybe even the, the day after. I remember that morning walking around my apartment building. I was like going to go outside. And on my way down the hallways from three different apartments, I heard songs from The Life of Pablo coming through. Oh, really? Through. It was just a, it was a moment. Um, and there was some uncomfortableness leading up to the release of that album, but when it got here, we celebrated it. Um, I can't say the same for yay. Um, anybody that follows me on Twitter, anybody that reads our site and, uh, read the review I ran late last week on yay 
kind of knows my feelings, but I haven't had the chance to really process them out loud with anybody. So we're going to, we're going to do that now. Um, why are we not you and me? We like a couple months ago, we did a whole podcast where we did a bracket of Kanye West songs, nerded out, had a blast. Um, what happened? Why are we like sitting here morosely frustrated about everything? It's been such a, it's been such a long, um, kind of drag through the mud for fans and now we get here with seven songs like i it, it kind of like watching because i watched the um release party live stream mm-hmm. the 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 whole i actually didn't realize i watched the entire album because i, I, I kind of got bored and turned it off but i didn't realize <laughs> that all seven songs have been played wow um but i was what like it just felt so long like i, I turned it on it is it, it was uh, at 10 o'clock when they, when the stream started, but it was about midnight when the actual album got going, right? It was about midnight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for two hours, it was just like horses walking around a campfire with speakers <laughs> around. And yeah. my girlfriend was like, I'm... I, I'm not saying like I can't watch horses walk around a campfire anymore. Like I've got work in the morning. <laughs> I had a very similar bed. experience. Yeah, <laughs> and I just it was just like by the time we got to the album, like I've been waiting for so long, and this has been painful. And it's not like we've waited so long for a Kanye West album, but my God, has it felt like an eternity that we've had to sort through some shit to get here. Yeah. and and it's just then we got 24 minutes of pretty subpar material yeah um i mean there's certainly two songs on there that would be worthy of the bracket and worthy talking about but like we've just like there's so much noise just to get to get to this moment yeah Yeah. i mean that's really the story right um kanye has clearly showed his ass (laughs) over the past month here um in a variety of different ways just more uncomfortable than it's ever been, uh, from my opinion. And I think for both of us of just where we stand, um, ideologically, it's been difficult. And when you think about, you know, what Kanye has meant in terms of, uh, his social voice to where it kind of ended up landing, it it already put saying that it put a bad taste in, in everyone's mouth before the album even came out is not, not quite strong enough. I don't think, but the album came, we both stayed up at midnight to listen to the live stream, which I guess means something. We're here talking about it. I guess that means something. Yeah. We have something on our hands. What what would it be like to have Ye had Kanye not come back to Twitter, had all these things not happened leading up to the album? Is it different? Yeah, I think it would have been a lot different. There still would have been... It's still a really clunky experience that with that within the album is very problematic, right? So when we actually got the material, it would have been harder to get through. But I feel like it would have been a more problematic version of the eight songs that Kendrick Lamar released um, after uh, To Pimp. When it was just, we had eight tracks, a couple of them were uh, pretty spectacular. But I don't know about you, it's not an album I really, re- it's, not a, it's not a piece of work. Are not eight songs that I, re- I revisit that often. Yep. And I feel like that's kind of where the Kanye West, the, the, where Ye would have landed. It's like, here are seven songs. A couple of them are really good. Most of them aren't great. I'm just going to kind of forget about this. Uh, but I think we would have, our level of excitement and our appreciation of the good tracks really would have been, um, like we would have been ex- more excited by them by like a factor of 10. Yeah. So I want to, we'll talk about the songs for just a little bit here in a moment, but first 
let me ask you this because you mentioned the content of the album kind of like striking some bad nerves with you something i touched on in my review is this idea of like there's nothing to me on yay that's so brashly wildly different from what we've heard from kanye on pretty much every album he's ever released we've lived with it we've kind of like cringed a little bit sometimes but you know just shrugged it off or laughed at it this time we can't do that um or at least i can't and i feel like a lot of other people are having the same thing it's almost like everybody's kind of waking up to this idea of just kind of the gross misogyny that's always been there. Um, is it magnified by what happened leading up to this album? Is it different than it was before? Does it, I mean, what, what is it about that? Yeah. I, I feel like it is, it is more magnified because I was thinking, well, seven songs, 24 minutes. There's a lot of like cringe moments within that, that time. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's more dense. But we'll talk about Yeezus later. Yeezus, there's there's just a ton of misogyny through and yeah. through. But it's almost like in the spirit of the character in that album. And I think that that any mm-hmm. sort of artifice that 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 was shown in Yeezus, any any kind of um, negotiations I would have made with myself when thinking about oh this is but this is why he's trying to play this character. All that's been stripped away by the the last two months of what what Kanye has been on Twitter so yeah uh, or you know in in interviews so you just you he's kind of been stripped bare in a way that that makes those things just more impactful yeah there's definitely no character here as far as we can tell unless he's doing some sort of really misguided performance art which I think is kind of a, a scenario that's out the window at this point but yeah that's that's interesting let's get into that when we I want to come back to that when we talk about Yeezus Quickly on Ye, uh, favorite song, least favorite song. I, I feel like it's uh, it sucks, but Ghost Town's my favorite song um, by a, a huge. I just feel like that's the consensus favorite. So, mm-hmm. uh, but it is. It's the best song on the album. Any song that has Kid Cudi and Kanye on it, I'm gonna love. Um, who's the the? I, I forget the artist at the end. Um, something O seven O or something. Shake O seventy uh, Shake. I've been saying it wrong. I don't know how 070? to say it. I've been saying O seven. Is it O seven O? It might be. Wow. Uh, Look yeah, at I us. Don't know. On the cutting I, edge. Yeah. Um, that was great though. She's awesome. Yeah. I want to hear more. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. That's the best song. Um, I still like the beat for Yikes, even though he like ruins the song like thirty seconds into but it. But that's a, perfect, a great beat. What a perfect title for that song. Yeah, exactly. Yikes! Like, yikes! <laughs> yikes. Like that's just the yeah. whole. That's the whole experience of Yikes. Yeah. But don't you like? Wasn't it weird listening to Yikes? It's like, oh, is this Wolves Part Two? And then it's like it kind of changes and it kind of finds its groove. And then it's like, here's my commentary on the biggest issue of the last year. I feel bad for Russell Simmons. That's <laughs> yeah. That's the take. Yeah. And how problem that, I mean, that that's when you, so we talked about like misogyny amplified. I mean, think about how important it is to have a cultural critic like Kanye weigh in on uh, the biggest issue of the last year. And he's like, I feel bad for this person who's been um, assaulting people. That's the one yeah. thing that I have to say on it. That's all I've got to say on it. I'm done. Thank you. Here's yeah. my album. Um, it's, that's dark. Yeah. It's not good. Uh, is like is yikes your least favorite song no i mean it, there, it's i mean that's probably the, my least favorite moment in the album yeah but there's i mean it's it's a uh kanye's besides that good on the the track and the, and the sure it's good i mean all mine's awful um yeah uh, that's my least favorite was it violent crimes what's the last track called yeah. that's garbage um 
the intro tracks just uh, i don't know if they recorded that in the two hours when this horse the horses started running around the bonfire <laughs> like that's i wonder how much of the album was recorded like um a- after that fire was started like it just doesn't seem it seems so rushed and uh he's referencing things that happened in the last month so yeah um that's kind of interesting but it's just so i mean because everything that you we go back to really there's there's four songs that that all could be the worst song on the album and when you think about the the whole reason behind the seven tracks was this like it's going to be all killer no filler and this mm-hmm. is just almost all filler and yeah. that's remarkable for 24 minutes yeah um and it's not like the production is all filler but um these these tracks are are, are really hit and miss yeah now I mean, clearly, if we're ranking Yay, it falls in eighth place, right? There's really no way to argue it as better than anything he's released, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Um, I, it's real tough. The funny thing is, is that this Friday, we're probably getting another album with Kanye and Kid Cudi. Are you excited for that, uh, at least a little? I, I hate to admit it, but I really am excited. I I, I have loved their collaborations, and I... We'll always be interested to see what they do. What are the chances it's light years better than Yay? Like, what if it just comes out? We're like, oh, well, okay. I it mean, might this... be. I mean, think about how good Daytona was. And, um, I mean, there's still, at this point, when he's collaborating, people. one of the most interesting parts about Ghost Town is he's barely on the track. And um, he's still an interesting collaborator. And he's yeah. probably most cringeworthy when he's the one that has the voice. So right. if he's able to... Um, get something out of Kid Cudi, which he's he's done before. Well, I want to hear it, you know. Yeah, that's the thing is that we want we want to hear it. We're going to listen to it if they do another midnight listening party for it. I'll tune in. I'll listen. I it's it's just interesting to to think about all this right now. Um, I don't know if I have much more to say about Yay unless you really want to dig in on something um in particular on it or. Well, you were just were you supl- surprised by how sloppy it felt? Like that was one of the one things that I would say about the albums. It just felt sloppy to me. But didn't Life of Pablo also feel sloppy? It was just in a different way. But it you was, know what there I mean? There was so much to Pablo, and so there was so many. I mean, there were so many. Um, well, incredible it, like crescendos in those in that album that it was it was worth the. Um, living piece of art developing piece of art that it seemed like it was and you know it's like he was kept uh shaving down what the album was and, and then at, it just had at some point stopped um there was just there was so much to enjoy in pablo and that's another thing about when we think about like how how problematic some of the things are um and yay you could just avoid the tracks that you didn't like in pablo because there were so there were so many tracks it was such yeah a long that's album. a great point man that's a really good point yeah, I, uh, woof. Um, the Life of Pablo, I think you nailed it. It was it was bloated, it was overloaded, but you could kind of pick and choose. It's a great album to like just cherry pick from, put on tracks when you got people over. There's a lot of, f- you can have fun with the Life of Pablo. Like there's no yeah. fun to be had with Ye at all. Like you just, there's no way to spin it and have an enjoyable moment. You're either just going to sit there, quietly for 24 minutes and listen to it or you're not going to listen to it that's kind of all there is to it i was listening to the album on spotify on saturday and um 
I got I get when you know tracks one through seven. I got through the whole album, and then Champion uh, came on from Graduation, and that's not I don't know about you. That's not a song that I often go to. Yeah. I've always enjoyed it, just not one that I would consider when I'm thinking about one of the great Kanye tracks. But just to have that come on right after the album, because Spotify will like recommend the song and they'll automatically play it, and you listen to that track and it's so inspired and Kanye is so like agile on the track yeah. and it's so aggressive and it was like comparing like 1998 Pedro Martinez and the Red Sox <laughs> and then listening to Ye it was like Pedro with the New York Mets at the end of his career where he's <laughs> wow. just like is he just like battling to get through five innings and eventually just gets shelled and then you listen to Champion and it's like he's just blowing through batters like that's incredible uh, i love the analogy and nicely just, done yeah it's just like you're watching and that's that this is what's so fascinating is like it it, it also reminds I me mean, i know i compared it to uh kendrick and the 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 eight album tracks that were just like basically hey these are tracks that didn't make it onto pimp mm-hmm. but they're kind of in the same spirit uh yay is not like that album at all um it, it it's it's definitely like he had something to say with this album he just it's not really hit. It's not like we're not really receiving in a way that's that's that meaningful. But it also reminds me of like uh, Kingdom Come or Magna Carta, or Holy Grail, where, where you're just like, oh my gosh, Jay Z truly isn't going to be around forever. Right. Like, this guy can't keep coming back and making great albums. And I remember five years ago, even two years ago, like I just think Kanye is one of those guys. He's going to last a long time. And I mean. As problematic as he's become, he still is a great artist. He still has a great body of work. But every great artist goes through a period where it's just like, this is awkward, this is awful, and I don't know that he'll ever, I don't know that he'll ever be uh, the center of the zeitgeist again. Make wearing the rap belt. I'm going to say this right now. I I've kind of come to peace over the past few days with the idea that that my beautiful dark was a fantasy moment, like that 2010 moment. It's not coming. Like, you know, I, I think a part of me was waiting for it to come back. Just kind of this great, huge, bigger than life artistic achievement that we talk about for 12 months straight and uh, just kind of like controls the cultural conversation in terms of like an album that's not coming from Kanye West. We got it and I'm grateful that we had it, but it's not it's not coming back. So do, do you think the moment this is um, aside from from yay, but do you think the moment was bigger when my beautiful dark twisted fantasy came out, or do you think the moment was bigger than Yeezus? Because um, I remember Yeezus being such a bigger moment because it, it was the it had come after my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. It had come after Watch the Thrones, but my beautiful dark twisted fantasy had the Good Fridays, and there was it had its own unique build up to it. This is a great segue. We're going to talk about Yeezus, and and before I give my answer to that the reason we're going to talk about yeezus is uh it turns five years old on june 18th brock had asked me you'd asked me like last summer i think we were on yeah. a baseball trip and you were like hey next year can we do a podcast on yeezus i said absolutely um so we're kind of gonna like work that conversation into this one um and we both love yeezus um i think i've gotten to the place where i think it's kanye's best album um i think you may think that as well yeah yeah so we both think highly of it. No, I don't think the Yeezus moment was bigger than Twisted Fantasy. And the reason for that is, yes, it came after, right? So there's like this lead up to like, what's he going to say? What's going to happen? There was a story of like, he was rushing to the finish line, like Rick 
Ruben was stripping things out like 48 hours before the album was due and there was that whole thing but my beautiful dark twisted fantasy was a way bigger moment because the entire world was like ticked at Kanye and waiting to see if he could come back at all you know what I mean after the the Taylor Swift incident and uh I mean as dumb as it is to look back on it that cultural moment the Good Fridays, the lead up, that album coming out, the Nicki Minaj verse. I mean, everything about that album was so bigger than life when it dropped. And and this may just be a perspective thing. I'm looking through my lens. You you experienced your experience with it. But for me, I just felt like my beautiful art twisted fantasy. You, you had the, the runaway piano line was everywhere. Yeah. You had power being played everywhere. I mean, I, I don't think I just I don't see an argument where Jesus was a bigger cultural moment than Twisted Fantasy. It was yeah. just it was a different moment. Sure, and one of the odd things I think um, I, I watched all of like ten minutes of the interview that Kanye did with Charlemagne the God, but he, he was talking about how he felt like he never really got that much radio play after the Taylor Swift incident. And I I mean maybe someone can measure uh, an actual drop, but I just remember like you just mentioned with Power like. My beautiful dark twisted fantasy was all over the radio. Yeah, uh, that album it really, was. really played. Uh, Power really played, and even Runaway played, which is such an odd radio song, but that 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 song played, and it was um, at the center of things. Um, even in a way that that you know, Jesus wasn't wasn't right for the radio, so it really wasn't on the wasn't on the radio as much. Yeah. But I mean, that, that's the difference, right? If we both and if we invited our parents into this room now and played them like short snippets of twisted fantasy they would recognize it as kanye west they i'm guessing your parents probably haven't your no, heard jesus I don't think so i don't, I don't know. know that they would recognize either album or but let's let's talk about jesus because we both like it my opinion on it has changed 180 degrees from when it came out it's funny you texted me earlier today you looked up an article that i wrote the week that jesus came out i was asked to write an article on jesus for a website <laughs> so i wrote one and uh i really don't agree with most of what I said in it. And it's funny because before we met the first time, you'd read that article and had a certain opinion of me based on my take of Jesus at that time. What was it today that you read about how I felt about Jesus in June of 2013 that has interested you now? Well, your your whole take on Jesus is like, man, this is is such an interesting... And complicated album, but I just can't get past the braggadocia and the personality that is such a distraction from the artwork. And um, like, what what foresight into <laughs> how we feel right now? Like, we're basically having the same conversation. It's just sure. that, unlike Yay, Jesus is just like a tour de force, and it really is an incredible album. Um, and I remember at the time thinking, like, I don't know, this guy's worth his salt because uh, he doesn't like what I think is already the album of the year. Um, yeah, that looking back, it's just like, yeah, you're, we've, we've just been having that same conversation for the past five years. Well, so I've written an article after I've written an article the week of Twisted Fantasy, Yeezus, Life of Pablo, Yay. So the past four Kanye albums I've written in the moment about that experience all four times it had a negative tilt to it. Um, which is interesting because I love my beautiful Dark Twister fantasy. I love Jesus. I really enjoy life, Pablo. I doubt five years from now I'm going to be talking about how important Ye is to me. So, but yeah. um, but 
the the reason for my take on Yeezus at the time, and I listened to that album relentlessly when it came out. I feel like I, that's all I listened to for a month was Yeezus. And, and I thought it was incredible. Just like from a sonic standpoint, what he was doing with it, I got it immediately. I was like, oh shit, this is incredible. I didn't fully understand the character he was playing on that album and, and or, or what that of, narrative or was. lack of the character he was playing now. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I, was, I was having a hard time wrapping my arms around that. And the reason for that is, is because in 2013, I still held the college dropout in such esteem that an album like Yeezus was difficult for me to hold on, like put up on the same pedestal because the college dropout, I mean, you know, it's a brilliant album, but one of the reasons, and I've talked about this ad nauseum, one of the reasons it was so important to me was because of its message, um, because of songs like All Falls Down, because of songs like Spaceship, like that social conscious hip hop that he helped bring to the mainstream was a really important thing to me. Yeezus didn't carry a lot of that. You can argue into some of it with like New Slaves, Black Skinhead, even Blood on the Leaves to an extent. But at the time, in the moment, I couldn't, I just couldn't really process it as anything more than Kanye being mad at all of us for not like understanding his genius when all of us like clearly were like, yes, you're a genius. You're good. This is great. Um, in hindsight, I look back on it a little bit differently, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, um, I think I look at it much differently in hindsight as well. One of the things that you say in the review was you just, you thought there was more to say on the album. And, and I felt like, man, um, we've gotten that from Kanye. Like what I want is, is, is the level of focus on the album. And I love that. Yeah. But when we look back on it, kind of like I mentioned before, it's just riddled with misogyny. And I always felt like, oh, this is intentional. This is like, I mean, people compared him to uh, Philip Roth at the time. Like, this isn't, this is, um, just, this is just all it. This is someone expressing themselves in the most um, uh, intentionally offensive way. Uh, and now that we have more time with Kanye, we're like, actually, this guy's just a dick. And <laughs> this album is just a reflection of that. Um, and so the, the, the focus message looking back on it, it becomes more problematic i don't it doesn't take away from the fact that it's still um i think his best and most interesting album but um it's 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 harder to listen to now well this gets into a really fascinating and difficult human conversation um you and i have talked about yeezus as an album more than we've talked about any other kanye album and I associate it so closely with you and your taste and your personality and your views on art. Like when I think of Brock, Yeezus is probably the first album I, I think about and all the great conversations we've had about that. Hearing what you just said, as somebody who was able to blast Yeezus and like love every moment of it, is it different for you now? Like, can you ever listen to Yeezus the way you did in 2013 again? No, I don't think so, but... Um, it's what, it, what, I, what I always found in Yeezus was, was almost like separate from Kanye anyways. Right. It was, I mean, it was, it was, it's, um, there are so many, um, I think there's so many interpretations of like masculinity on that album that, that allows you to kind of read into it. But no, now having like Trump support and, uh, the other, other wild stuff that he said, like, no, you can't listen to any album, including College Dropout. Kyle, I can't even watch the 
all falls down video anymore because it's <laughs> him running after Stacy Dash, and you're like, oh my gosh, what foreshadowing this is for 2018, right? Yeah. All of it is under a, a all of it is in, is is in a new light. And we in Townhouse Coates has written about this before, like all the problematic stuff we looked before, we look overlooked. Now it's harder to miss. So no, that's always going to be present in Yeezus. It's going to be present in all the albums. But it doesn't change when we think about this album as a classic album. This album is probably Kanye's best. Like it's still um, an incredibly resonant album for everything that we don't think of as problematic. Yeah, that's a absolutely perfect way of saying it. And I, I've seen stuff recently talking about all those moments that you and I kind of hold dear. All those moments that we kind of like chuckle to ourselves about and feel good about, like the you know the the live benefit broadcast. You know, like. That was a moment that was important. Like it, it was actually culturally important. Like you can laugh at it and we can laugh at Mike Myers reaction, the whole thing. It's still funny, yeah. but it actually was important because it held a weight and it was saying something that a lot of people just didn't feel like they could say. So there's a lot of moments like that in Kanye's history where we look back at and we're like, yeah, that's the Kanye, the old Kanye, right? But I think now like the conversation I see is more like, what if Kanye just says stuff? Yeah, like, what if he just says things in the moment, and for so long we took it to heart and we adored it, but for Kanye, that wasn't, like, this deep-rooted, like, worldview thing. It was just more of, like, hey, I'm in the moment, and people are looking at me, and I'm going to say something, you know? Like, because yeah. if that's all it was, that makes you have to reprocess, like, so oh, much, know. you know? And it undercuts, like, I, I'm going to get, like, emotional thinking about it now, but, like, how important one of the one of the albums that we've we've talked about before that it's one of my favorite Kanye albums um, is Late Registration and how important it was like I would be at like seventeen years old almost in tears trying to explain how meaningful crack music was and like yeah. what a remarkable turn that that happens in that song and what like how how like touching that was and to understand that to be able to understand someone else's perspective and how enriching that is to. Uh, that was to me, and I'm sure, I'm sure to so many people. And how many, how, how, um, what an experience it was like to 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 hear those first couple albums by Kanye, and and all of those moments are just tainted a bit, and it's such a bummer. Yeah, the, but I guess to take the 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 only way to look at it is it was a moment that did happen. It happened in your yeah. life, happened in my life, happened in all kinds of people's lives where his voice in those moments were extremely powerful and they did uh, incite change and they did push people to think a little bit harder. So whatever light is cast on it now, I know I'm better for those moments that I had in 2005. You know what I mean? And that's, that's really the only way that you can kind of look at this now and, and, and process it and, and not just feel really crappy about it, I guess. But it's so. wild to think that like Kanye albums used to bring me to tears. Like yeah. I was so moved and touched by them, and to and and, and you know, there's real emotion in yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to. Let's not pretend. Um, like there, there are like. I mean, he really expresses his marriage in a way that I think is um, really revealing and at times extra, extraordinarily problematic, but. Um, What's the what's the track called? Uh, Wouldn't leave. Um, yeah, th- that's a remarkable track. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's a lot to, to like in that. But I remember just how how moving I used to how moving I, I felt Kanye albums yeah. were, and it's kind of absent now. Coming back to Jesus, you know, one of the things that I, I think was unfortunate 
that got twisted into everything that's happened over the past month and and even the release of yay uh, the album cover says you know what does it say i hate my bis- bipolar disorder it's awesome, it's awesome. or something yeah. like that you know, one it's of the crazy. yeah one of the narratives that was kind of a part of all this if uh, i guess if people were going to apologize for kanye was well he has bipolar disorder and he's kind of even embraced that narrative by putting that on the album cover and talking openly about mental health on yay that's that's one of the things that i put out in my review i mean you can't shrug that stuff off and as somebody who uh myself has spoken openly about struggles with with mental health issues that's something i can appreciate what i don't like is the fact that um bipolar or order bipolar disorder and under other mental health issues are not an excuse for supporting really shitty people and elevating really shitty views. Um, so the idea that people could take that as like, Oh, well that's what happens when you have mental health stuff is that you say and things or elevate people that are racist and terrible to other people. That's, that's bullshit. Um, and the idea of embracing that in such a way as to draw sympathy really bothers me. But going back to Jesus, isn't Jesus and 808s and Heartbreak like I've always thought of it and 808s and Heartbreak turns 10 this year, by the way. So you've got these two juxtaposing albums, kind of like the Jesus is almost like the photo negative of 808s and Heartbreak. Yeah. I mean, talk about bipolar disorder and a beautiful depiction in art of what it's like to struggle through uh, something like bipolar disorder. To me, that's like a much more interesting view of that a much more interesting conversation to have than hey somebody flew off the rails and said really offensive things on twitter okay that doesn't that's not the conversation to me if we're going to talk about the art itself from the artist i mean i think there's a much more interesting conversation to be had around something like jesus absolutely and um i mean you think about my beautiful world, dark twisted fantasy what did the, the transition in that album that feels very bipolar mm-hmm. um feels um and then that's and that's just been one of we were, uh, but in a way we were we were introduced to Kanye, um, maybe not in such explicit terms, but we're like this is a guy who's um, extremely blunt. He's extremely aggressive, and he's also like very publicly insecure. You know, this is a very you know, right. and some people think he's arrogant, other people think. He's shy, you know, and it's just like that. He's just been this. This is why. This is why he's been such a fascinating character, and why he's been such, um, like Kanye has been such an interesting celebrity, right? He's been such an interesting person in the public eye, and it, and it's only been within the last three years, two years, really, where it's like, but this is an actual problem, you know. One of the fun things about Jesus was we were we were the people that were on the other end being like, wait a second, we're all upset because he took someone's microphone at the MTV movie <laughs> awards. Like the same awards where Howard Stern had assless chaps. Like this is what we're, <laughs> we're, we're so angry about because he felt like Beyonce who had the best video of the year should have won video of the year. Right. Like that's, that's what like we all saw the absurdity and the fact that the president was commenting on the MTV uh, music awards and so it felt good to be on that side and the first remember the first crack though was when 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 Jesus came out all he kept saying was how he felt disenfranchised from the the fashion industry and we're like mm-hmm. well we don't really want you to fight that fight yeah we're like i don't know uh. but even that was like but whatever like if you're you've been such uh 
uh, a warrior for artistic freedom. Like, if that's how you want to express your, your creativity, like, go for it. We'll be in on this fight. I don't know if just I care to take down Adidas, you know? Like that's yeah. Not, I don't know if that's an interesting. But, um, it yeah, it just, it was it was so fun to be on Kanye's side when you felt like the way in which he was ruffling feathers was actually, like, uh, a good thing like it yeah. was actually progressive that's the thing if if not for the past month and yay doesn't drop we could have done a two-hour conversation on Jesus. you know what yeah. i mean like th- there's th- that part of it is just absent right now and that's what's so damn frustrating to me um <laughs> it's like no matter how hard we try to talk about Jesus right now we can't keep like um talking about it in light of of yay, but. but I felt I felt like I mean, you you mentioned um, the conversation around mental health, and I and I feel like I'm as um, as bad as anyone because I remember when when the event when, when some of the the, the public events um, happened uh, during the, the Pablo tour when it was very clear that he was in an unhealthy position, right? And it was very clear that that he was. Uh, later that he had he had struggled struggled with with real uh, substance abuse and addiction. Sure. That that I chalked up maybe the 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 comment about Bill Cosby or uh, the line about Taylor Swift and famous. I chalked up some of those things to just like well you know he was in a really bad place he was in a lot of pain and he was trying to inflict pain on on uh, probably the people that really cared about him the most right. I chalked the, those things about the um, up to that and. When we were talking in March about the Kanye bracket, it was like, man, this is a much different conversation that we would have had 18 months ago. Right. And now two months later, it's just like, no, that's always what's – that's what it is, and that's what it's going to be. Yeah. And we kind of have to accept that um, and realize that you know a lot of great artists, especially in pop music, have had – really troubling parts about the personalities um even worse than supporting horrible people right. um and it's a part of um you know it's a part of who Kanye is it's it's and this is what I I really enjoyed about the Tanahosi Coates piece and I, I I encourage anyone who hasn't read that piece to go to to go read it yeah. but it's also part of what celebrity is you know mm-hmm. and I'm not saying celebrity turns you into a racist or a horrible person that, that supports uh dictators but um it is, uh, you know, we, 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 celebrity is such an odd thing that, uh, yeah. you and I both don't understand. So, <laughs> right. Well, I mean, at the end of, uh, the last season of dissect, uh, Cole Kushner talks about just that video of Kanye at Disneyland or wherever he was with his nephew and just hordes of people, everybody with their phone, everybody videotaping this moment. And you've got an individual who's just trying to like, act normal and live their life at a theme park and they're surrounded by people with cameras. Like it's just, that's a thing we can never understand. So certainly mental health, celebrity, fame, all these things factor into all of this when it is used to excuse, uh, just, just terrible (laughs) views and comments about things that are really hurtful. That's the, that's that, that's the issue that bothers me. Um, but all that being said, um, and thinking about Jesus, I we got blood on the leaves. We got bound to. 
we got hold my liquor you know those songs are always still going to mean something to me those are songs i can always go back to can you imagine just imagine for a second remember a few months ago we did the bracket we were talking about hold my liquor isn't on it oh that's so crazy we like that song on Jesus. can you imagine something as interesting as hold my liquor on yay yeah it's, it's the most interesting song on, on those seven songs without even trying and yet it's just a random song on Jesus. you know what i mean yeah, I just I I wonder if he's all. I mean, it, hold my liquor is real journalism, right? I mean, he's talking about specific events that I that I imagine happened uh, almost to the word, right? And I just wonder if he's out of experiences um, to where he he's now trying to manufacture events, right? And and no, that's why you can't imagine it on yeah, right. He's like maybe that doesn't exist, and maybe that that. The events of his life and the five years between um, 808s and Jesus were so interesting that it just it became this um, this roadmap for what that album was and yeah. the beginning to end. I mean, that's what that album's so effective. It has this clean arc, and it has someone going from not even uh, the depths of depression to uh, bliss, because really, I mean. 808s to Jesus is is a is a full piece of work. Those three albums uh, with my beautiful dark twisted fantasy in between, but um, you just feel on Jesus um, this sense of focus and detail that that just wouldn't like it's. There's moments of that on Ye, but it just isn't as it's not as interesting. Yeah, no question about it. And that well, was like what was so weird about the fashion industry conversation that was revolving around. I mean, kind of talked about fashion in every Jesus interview. It was yeah. such a huge part of the publicity around that, and it was like this is not what the album's about, though. Right? Like the album feels. I mean, Stephen Hyden had such a, a great. I think he had the best take on it because he was talking about how this is really almost uh, uh, a married man purging his id before his first child is born and this is his last moment uh to to try to like just barf up these sins before he's to have to like father a child and it's just him trying to 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 get a grasp on that and you know hopefully he's just becoming less interesting because he's gonna find his course to happiness I, you know, from what we see, yeah. it's it's it doesn't look like that. But my God, wouldn't it be nice if he just figures out a way to to be around the horses and campfire? You know, yeah, go from vomiting the the id before the first child to uh, telling your daughter not to do yoga because it'll entice the the bad men. Ah, <laughs> uh, what a road! Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Have we covered everything there? Well, we got to talk about Pusher, right? Well, I know that's okay. yeah. I'm ready to move towards that because speaking what, what of Kanye what, West, well, I want to say real quick, what do you? Um, we talk about Hold My Liquor and Blood on the Leaves. Are those the two tracks that you you keep coming back to on Jesus? Those are my two favorite tracks. Yeah, mine as well. Those are two um, of my top ten favorite Kanye songs. I think On Sight is probably um, my favorite opening track. Um, in terms of setting the tone for the album, uh, I'm not saying it's mm. the best opening track. I mean, um, of any Kanye song. I mean, I feel like up until the the the, the appropriate 
uh, note on this is how bad uh, the first track is on Ye <laughs> and how that really sets the tone for the whole album. Yeah. But on site is such like such just like it just you realize it's like one of the, on the, one of those roller coasters where they start like they, they just like shoot you out like you yeah. start fast you don't have the slow crank like on site <laughs> is the fast roller coaster of Kanye albums and you're just right into it um, yeah and, I, and that's that's a song that I revisit often yeah can you go back to this is this is interesting this, this will be the last thing before we move to Pusha can you go back to because I can remember. The day Jesus dropped, I can remember listening for the first time. I can remember vividly how I felt. I feel like I know the look on my face as the as the album was playing out. Can you get back to that place, like even for a moment of like, oh yeah, when those like loud synthesizer noises started playing on on site, and I was sitting there with my headphones on or in my car, wherever you were. Can you? Yeah. You can. Can well, you? I, I know the moment. I remember I was with my brother. We we bought the album. We bought a physical copy of the album. And we were driving uh, to my parents' house, who live about a half-hour drive away, so we were only able to get through about half the album. But I remember we had heard how dark this album was, how, like, um, we we both love Rick Rubin, so we are excited about that. And just, like, on-site delivers. Like, it is, when you hear the synthesizer and you hear how aggressive that sound is, and then you're, bam, you're hit with that sample, and it just, like, the whole, the, the whole track just bottoms out. And you're like, holy shit, I have stepped into something. <laughs> like, I've walked yeah. into this haunted house. This is incredible. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I remember vividly what that was like. And I know, and this is the sad part of it, like, um, trying, like, in the same way I feel like Kanye is trying to manufacture conflict and manufacture interesting events so that he has something to rap about. So his albums aren't just... Magna Carta, Holy Grail, where they're, where they're just like just really boring stuff about what it's like to be rich that no one yeah. can relate to or is interested in. I felt like watching that uh, that release, uh, the, the the listening party in Wyoming, like I was almost trying to manufacture interest so that I could have a, a moment like I did yep. in the summer of 2013. Damn man, and yep. and it's just not it's it's not like that's not how life works. Like, yeah. You have to experience it. Like <laughs> exactly. you're not. You you can't those moments aren't coming back. They are not coming back. And we're back, all gonna man. die one day. I hope everyone's having a great time. <laughs> the sun will explode. <laughs> um so the life of Pablo had a listening party at Madison Square Garden. That seemed appropriate. Uh Ye had a listening party out in the field with horses <laughs> and a campfire. I guess, I guess that seems about right. Jesus they I know he did the projecting the videos up on the side of buildings or whatever, but like had there been a listening party for Jesus, what would have been the setting? I feel like it that? would have been uh like a a Chicago um house bar, you know? Like it would have been like there would have been lasers and lights and it would have been in the dark. And it would have been kind of like a mosh atmosphere, and Kanye would have been like um, huddled behind a DJ booth, like where he was just like you just see the silhouette of Kanye, like you wouldn't see the whole, I mean, you just see like yeah. this this kind of menacing image that is like you know that's that's where it would have been. I would think like I'm trying to think of like some house bars in Chicago that would have served the purpose, but it really would have been like this is yeah this is Kanye out. This is we're not there's no bonfire here, baby. This yeah. is all just. Grit and menace. Hold on to those those feelings, man. As long as you um, remember the good times. Uh, well, there was some good times a couple weeks ago because a week before Ye dropped, Push T dropped Daytona, produced by Kanye West, which actually raised my anticipation 
a lot yeah. more for yay which we didn't know what the name of it was at that point but the production on that was incredible let's talk about that moment because it's kind of a moment for kanye but i mean Pusha T, who's been with us he's been with me since high school years, i mean yeah. my god like years i i was listening to clips pretty much my whole freshman year of college yeah. i know that first album front to back here we are 2018 and Pusha T dropped the best project he's ever done how does that happen? And 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 it's more interesting than Yay. And like just production wise, it's more interesting. I mean, all the way around, like that's crazy. And it's like it's it's Pusha T being the same Pusha T that we've seen for um, a decade, more than a decade and a half. But it's still fantastic. Like he's still yeah. finding ways um, to rap about uh, distributing uh, drugs. That is just <laughs> fan- fascinating to us. And he's such an incredible rapper. He's always been. It's just. It's fun to see, you know, we talked about how we've seen um, Kanye sort of uh, be, like, we're watching him become lame and, like, how weird that is. But how interesting is it to see someone like Pusha T, who was in a, 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 like, very, very much not in the public eye, kind of faded away. And now, not only has he had this renaissance for the last, like, I mean, really since my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. This has been eight years that we've we've been in this in this renaissance with Pusha T, and now he's literally at the center of the rap conversation at forty one years old, and that's yeah. fantastic. It is. It's it is fantastic. That is a great word for it. Is it possible that we just like all we ever needed was seven tracks from Pusha T at a time? I think you're I mean, right. Is there something to that? No, I mean, it, it, I think, and he's always. Uh, He's always been a great collaborator, and I think Kanye, um, he knows just like Pharrell knew, like he knows how to put him in a in a in a, in a really good position, and 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 to accentuate the thing that he does well, and it's the only thing he's interested in doing. Yeah, it's it's I, there. I don't see a scenario where I don't listen to Daytona more than Yay this oh, year. Oh yeah, I mean, I've already gone back to it way more. What's your favorite track on it? I don't know. I don't know quite yet. Um, but I, one thing I, was, I wanted to mention: he he has the belt right now. Yeah, like that's so right. So each year, uh, for the past two years at least, Brock and I have doled out the uh, hip hop title belt at the end of each year. Yeah, if the end years, if the year ends right now, Push T gets the title belt. I don't see any other way around it. I, and on top of the fact. Right, that, you know, we, we all know what the best track is on on that didn't make it on the album, right? We, we <laughs> right. know the Pusha T track that we're going to be talking about twenty years from now. So Pusha T, forty one years old, at his the height of his game, at the the center of the hip hop universe. Brock, if I told you like two years ago, hey, uh, Drake's in for a problem, and it's coming from Pusha T. He's gonna. He's literally like to his core going to get shook. Um, but I'm not shocked. I'm shocked that 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 it happened that way. That those two were beef. But um, you you could have foreseen Pusha T coming into the picture. In, I could in see that way if anyone if anyone gets handed the dirt, Pusha T is coming hard, stronger than anybody. Like we know, <laughs> and that's what's so fast. Like we know this guy. Uh, He's gonna crash the boards. Like he's he's gonna be pushing people out and getting rebounds. Here's like, what's but here's what's so incredible about this particular beef historically, because 
hip hop's different now than it was in 2001 with Nas and Jay Z. It's different than it was in '94 with Biggie and Tupac. This is we're living in an era where Drake is a certified pop star. Like yeah. you, you talk about him as a pop star before you talk about him as a great rapper. So now there's this beef. When Jay-Z and Nas faced off, everybody knew who both those people were. Everybody was in a camp, right? People that listen to Drake know what just happened, and they don't know who Pusha T is. You know what I mean? They now know that he just dropped a new album called Daytona. But, like, this is unique in the fact of a rapper and a rap star slash pop star having this moment. And the guy that's clearly the less famous, the guy with clearly less to lose, like... He's just dominating like that. To am I am I wrong? Because I can't think of another example to parallel that with. There's no example to parallel with it. And what's so interesting is the fact that it's really. I mean, I know they're all, they're only separated by ten years in age, but it's really two different generations of rap. Mm-hmm. And Pusha T was just was was coming in like he was coming into into rap at the time of the Nas Jay Z beef. Like he was born. Of of a time yep. where you really went after people, and it's like not like Drake hasn't had. I mean, the Drake Meek Mill thing, where it was just it was he was the push of T. He was the one that was just dominating, and making Meek Mill look silly. And but you got to realize, like this is this is the guy that's gonna is really gonna go for it, right? And that's yeah. that's what makes it so fascinating. Uh, is there anything? What does Drake do now? If you're Drake, and like we mentioned, no response since the last one. I don't even know what he could come back with, except more of like, you're not really as hard as you say you are. I've already said that a couple of times, but you're not. Like, what What can he say? I don't know. He's, he, uh, and does he need to? Like, can he just put out his album this summer and life goes on? I feel like um, he's he's got to come back with something, right? But he's got to have something to say. So we'll yeah. see. I don't I mean, know. He's, he's probably like... This is probably like the last, this is like the third act of all the president's men where Drake is just, he's looking, he's sifting through old newspapers. He's going, he's, he's on the ground in Virginia. He's talking <laughs> to people. He's gathering evidence. He's talking to old classmates. He's just doing journalism. I mean, Drake is not, he's not sitting up on the tower looking sad anymore. He's, he's, uh, he's a shoe leather journalist now. I mean, <laughs> but so where were you a week ago? When it's bedtime and a SoundCloud link with Drake and Blackface shows up on the internet. I didn't see it the next day. And Pusha T is rapping about how Drake is hiding a child. <laughs> you like, are hiding I mean, a can child. you think of anything more audacious than what this is? I mean, <laughs> this is a huge story and it almost got usurped by the fact that Ye dropped. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's, it's clearly the biggest story of the year in, in the music world. Right. I, I can't think of something more interesting to talk about than this. It's crazy. But, but what is it worse this, Kyle? Is it, is it Pusha T looking at Drake and saying, you are hiding a child? Or is it Pusha T looking at all millennials and saying, look, internet babies, I don't know how to use Photoshop, so get the fuck <laughs> off my back. <laughs> Oh my God. That is a real picture, and I have no idea what you're talking about. You mean the Adobe Creative Suite? Oh, Leave man. me alone. I have cornrows, and I'm a grown man. That is unbelievable. I, the whole thing is just like, it's beyond belief. It's just incredible. Um, and whatever happens from here on out, I mean, I, I think the point is it's going to be, it's going to take a lot to top Pusha T. Um, for that title bout. I mean, there's still a chance for Chance. There's still Childish Gambino. 
man, gosh dang, yeah. now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know. I mean, Childish Gambino, in, in terms of just uh, a pure statement of art, is, is I think This Is America was a more, um, more was in some ways uh, more productive, but Pusha T <laughs> yes. is way, has been way more interesting. Yeah, man. All right. Well, there's still a lot to come this year. Um, there'll be more time to, to sort it all out. But, and, and we know we've got the Kanye Kadia album coming around the bend as well, possibly even as early as Friday, if uh, if the rumors are true. so I'll listen to it. Yeah. I'll give it a shot. I can't imagine. Um, you know, we're, we're going to just move on from Ye. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's really all that's, you can do. I know. And that's one of the weird things is it's... it's, it's, it's Yay itself is not that controversial. Like it has very problematic elements of it, but it's not going to dominate the conversation. It's just going to fade away. Yep. And it really kind of already has. Everyone had their first takes and then the conversation has already died. We're we're like a half a week since its release. It yeah. didn't make it through the weekends. Which which by the way, have you seen such a unified group of takes recently like everybody just kind of collectively sighed you yeah, know what i mean but That's... no one no one like I, I haven't seen many people hate the album right they're like there are some really good tracks on here but it's just like who gives a shit after 24 minutes like it's yeah. not no no one felt because i think people so many people hoped that it was going to be a flop and so many people expected it to be so great that it would really force us into um, a conflicted position. It's neither. It's just this middling album that's so easy to forget. Yeah. Well, we're pushing towards an hour here, and uh, I feel like we could go another hour, but we better stop um, and uh, check in again this summer once we get Drake's response and once we get Kanye and Cuddy, once we get Childish Gambino. There's there's a lot for as, as you know... <laughs> I don't know. As sad as it was to deal with Yay, there's a lot to be excited about in hip hop right now, and a lot to look forward to. So that's that. That's the good news. Uh, anything left, Brock? Before we sign off, nothing left, man. I'm all I'm all Kanye'd out. I feel <laughs> for the first time. I mean, I don't know. We've probably done seven Kanye podcasts yeah, on this probably. podcast. This is the first time I leave just feeling exhausted. Yeah. Well. It's about bedtime, so you're in luck. (laughs) That's going to do it for this episode of It's All Dead. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our podcast. You can pull up the podcast app on your smartphone or device and subscribe. And please leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, Not only is it helpful to us, but uh, it helps elevate the rank of our podcast when you leave us reviews. So if you do listen to this podcast regularly and enjoy it, uh, let us know what you think and of course come visit us at it's all dead.com that is going to do it for this episode of it's all dead thank you so much for joining us i'm cal hawk and we'll catch you next time thanks for listening to the it's all dead podcast if you like what you heard be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app then visit us at it's all dead.com for the latest music news reviews and much more <laughs>